Broadcasting from the Business Radio X studios, it's time for Business Leaders Radio. Now, here's your host, John Ray. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Business Leaders Radio. I am John Ray, and folks, we've got a great show today. Greg Romero is with us. Greg is the founder and principal of Romero Solutions Group. Greg, welcome. Yeah, thanks, John. It's a pleasure to join you today and uh, you know, to have the opportunity to join your, uh, your audience. Thank you. Um, yeah, you've got solutions. That's why we want you on this show. I love your, I love your, <laughs> uh, I love your name. Let's talk a little bit about Romero Solutions Group and how you're helping folks out there. Yeah, sure. So it's important to me, you know, the road that led me to start my own consulting firm. Um, I thought it important to be able to help people. And I have a strong background in family businesses that combined with my consultative background, problem solving expertise uh, allows me to take a particular view on helping family businesses um, to work through strategic problems, problems with operations, um, and the family dynamic as well, a few elements there. So uh, I'm focusing on the small to mid-sized space and really helping them to better position themselves to compete uh, in their unique ecosystems. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a summary of, uh, of the business. Well, Greg, one of the things that jumps out for me about your background is that you have experience running a family business. Uh, you're yes. not just working out of a book or something. You actually have some uh, uh, sweat equity in a family business. Yeah, it's uh, really my whole life I've known family businesses. I, I grew up in a small family owned and operated commodities business based out of New York City, uh, run by my father. He put together uh, investments for oil and gas wells in Texas and Oklahoma. And you know that was my lens as a, a child. Uh, went to work for Morgan Stanley after college for about 12 years and in a number of different roles. We can get into that. Um, but uh, that education and foundation um, led me to be comfortable stepping into a small family business on my wife's side of the family. Uh, my wife's father-in-law was looking to retire, was having trouble selling the business, very traditional steel tubing company in Massachusetts, and moved my family up from New York to step in, run the company, and help the family figure out the strategic path forward. Um, and it was an amazing experience and kind of really was the culmination of my background um, my education and what I was interested in. I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit and, you know, it's, it's fun to say that, uh, my experience running a, a small uh, family business, um, you know, was a catalyst for me to starting my own consulting firm, being able to help other family businesses. And the lens I like to think about is, you know, helping them to try to proactively, uh, position their company for the future and, you know, solving tactical problems, but also really trying to stay ahead of the curve. And, you know, that's one of the issues I think that my wife's family business run into. Um, it was, it was you know, towards the end, my father-in-law was running the company in, in, in a proactive way to his timeline. And, you know, that's a, that's a very fair approach and I understand why he did it, but, you know, it caught up with him, I think more quickly than he was hoping. And, you know, 
very thankful that I had the opportunity to really do great things uh, for my wife's family in that sense. And it was an amazing experience for me. And if I can help other businesses, family businesses, small to mid-size, um, stay ahead of the curve. It's a, it's a privilege. Now, you touched on something there that I think may be worth probing into. Lessons that you learned. You were talking about your your uh, uh, father-in-law's situation, right? Um, and and we're, is that where some of the really key lessons uh, reside is in how that unfolded? It's, I'd say there were a set of lessons I learned from that experience, um, but there are definitely a broader set of issues that can be out there that impact different companies and different industries. Uh, you know, different family dynamics play out as well. But, you know, if, if you'd like, I can touch upon some of those lessons learned if they're useful sure. for your audience base. Sure. You know, for me, one in particular, and it took me a little while kind of getting comfortable in my seat, um, was the importance, and this is something over the last decade or two that really has taken a more central stage, is the importance of organizational health. Um, you know, through one lens, you can look at the numbers and they're critical to being able to manage the company. But organizational health is just as important. If you, in particular, if you're thinking about managing a company beyond your like your own legacy, you know, be able to have it carry on for that next generation, the third generation, fourth generation, in particular, because you know, a singular leader in a role plays a critical role, but the organization itself and its sustainability really depends on the organizational health. So I think that's. That's, that's a key component um, for me that stood out. You know, the balance of managing the day-to-day and strategic planning, because I think in particular for small to mid-sized family businesses, it's very easy to get stuck in the current, managing those daily operating rhythms. And it's really important to continue that planning process, thinking, trying to assess, okay, this, this is our particular positioning. This is against our competitors. These are the involving markets around the company because it's, it's easy to lose sight of what's happening around the company. Mm. Um, you know, communication, I'd say is a third one that that's critical. Just um, those day-to-day communications um, of kind of, this is where we are. These are our priorities, you know, everything from the mission, the purpose, you know, missions, not just about putting something on a wall. It's, it's about ingraining in every facet of the organization. So continuing to communicate that, but then also kind of where, where is the company heading? You know, you don't want employees to be in the dark. So having open communication, really it's, it's, it's key to having a healthy organization as well. Um, then I'd say just being realistic and thoughtful about the need to reinvest in the company for the longer term, especially the, these days with changing technologies and the pace of change of technology and, and everything from kind of just more traditional businesses, asset-based, but even so in, in the service industries, because if you're not reinvesting in for the longer term in the company, it will catch up with the company. And especially with fam- within family businesses, you know, there, there might be conflicting views. If uh, it's a second, third, fourth generation company, there may be some expectations of dividends feeding out of the company and kind of trying to separate the needs of family versus the needs of the company. You know, it, it's critical to sustain and grow the companies um, to reinvest. And, you know, that's easy to lose sight of that as well. Um, so just a couple of things, um, some of the key lessons learned. 
do you find and I'm not talking about your um wife's family's business specifically. I'm talking about family businesses in general. Do yes. you do you find that maybe of uh, family members, particularly as the generations uh pile up, um maybe overestimate uh, the stability the long-term viability of the business. I mean, they've seen it. They've grown up with it, right? They've seen yeah. it around all this time. Maybe they, as you say, they've received those dividend checks. They don't appreciate necessarily the need to continue to f- fan the flames, rein- rein- um, reinvest in the business, et cetera, right? Yeah, I, I think it depends on, on the situation. Every generation you get away from the founder, I think you lose the original tie with the company. And mm-hmm. that's, that's natural. It, it happens. Um, and people look through a different lens. So just a few stats on family businesses, you know, of kind of being able to carry on the business itself into the next generation. 40% of family businesses carry on to the second generation. 13% carry on to the third generation. And 3% carry on to that fourth generation. You know, that's a huge drop off. The average oh, wow. lifespan of a family business is 24 years. Wow. So in particular, as you get to that second generation, you have, let's say, the son, daughter, you know, niece, nephew, whomever stepping in, possibly, or an outside leader. You still have that, okay, the direct view into the founder and like his passion behind the company. Or, um, you know, as you get every, every generation down, you can still kind of have that original tie or try to kind of sustain but it's harder because they don't have that direct view. So Mm -hmm. it takes extra care to to continue on. But I think you're spot on that as you kind of get down that path, each generation, they, their original understanding of the company and the purpose, it's, it's harder to see. So, you know, if it helps fund a lifestyle um, you know, they may not see as directly that, you know what the company, we, we need to be very thoughtful about reinvesting in the company into carry on because every generation, the landscape around the company changes and you have to adapt because if you're not adapting, you know, you, you think about a product set, it will only last so long, you know, they become obsolete. So you, if you want to sustain a business, you need to adapt the company, you know, the purpose and the mission, you want to keep it as stable as possible as an underlying foundation, but you need to think about how to adapt the company itself to be able to succeed beyond kind of that first, second, or third generation. Folks, we're here chatting with Greg Romero. Greg is founder and principal of Romero Solutions Group. So, Greg, awesome. let, let's talk about, um, I guess, the the we've been through a pandemic, yeah. and obviously, <laughs> and, and we're coming out of that with a lot of issues, uh, talent shortages, uh, uh, you know, supply chain issues, uh, I, I could go down the list. I guess, what are some of the things that you're seeing in particular that family businesses are struggling with? I'd say, you know, something that's plating the, the broader economy right now is, is labor shortage. And it's compounded on my focus area in particular, the smaller, small to mid-sized business side of the side of things mm-hmm. um, because it, and it's multifold uh, you know there's a supply and demand mismatch meaning that you know not as many uh, people as available as openings and you know I, the latest stat I saw was maybe five million um, being the mismatch of you know open positions versus 
people to fill those roles. And there, there are different reasons why that's playing out. And I won't get into those today. So um, that is one factor. Uh, I'd say rising wage expectation too it is, a, is an issue for the small to mid-sized family business space in particular, because um, it, it's challenging as the because you might not have the capacity as well as the larger company companies that are out there is to kind of make that change and the margins to be able to support. And every business is different. So that's, that's one factor that's playing out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously the supply chain disruptions. Um, again, I think it ties back to capital and size of company. You might not have the capacity to be able to sustain you know, supply chain issues for as long. Um, you know, you might be maxing out your your credit line in some cases, um, or have disruption that's preventing you from shipping your product more so because you might not have the leverage to look at alternate options um, as kind of you you're seeing disruption to your ultimate process. Um, you know, I think it's also the regulations. I think there is the angle of businesses that are, especially in the small mid-sized family business space, you know, regulations are, are definitely challenging um, because you don't, might not have the resources to be able to implement those new regulations and it could be more disruptive to your overall business operation than, than larger firms. Um, so I think that's one other, and I'd say it's interesting too, because uh, I think uh, there's, and I'll just be specific to the small business-sized family business space, but I think there's a lot of executives out there that have been in their role for maybe 20, 30 years, however long, longer, that have possibly delayed their retirement for one reason or other. But they're hitting a point where they're saying, especially coming out of the pandemic, that they're they're tired. Mm. And, you know, there's a lot of M&A activity out there. Um, so I, I think there are a lot of transition points out there that are they're coming to play. And it's, it's challenging because there are some economic factors that are playing out changes, the tax tax laws that are, that are not clear currently, you know, the impacts of inflation, um, you know, and rising rates. But I, I think uh, ultimately there are a lot of transitions that are happening or that will happen and trying to, their businesses are trying to figure out how to successfully navigate those. And my hope is that, the business leaders and the families are being proactive in making those decisions. And I mean, like five or 10 years ahead of time. It also like, because even within that three-year timeline, it, it, you know, it's a, it can be challenging. So yeah, for sure. That. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's, let's get to um, the work you do specifically yeah, at, sure. at Romero solutions group. So what, I mean, family uh, businesses, that's a big subject. Talk about some of the kinds yeah. of engagements that you work on, what clients look to you to help them with. Yeah, this is, this is fun. I'm, I'm going to wake up in the morning energized to solve problems. And, uh, you know, it's just, it, it's fun for me. It's, it's I, I'm definitely in the right seat and it's, it's fun to find that seat. Yep. It, it takes, sometimes takes a long time to happen. And then sometimes it just doesn't happen. So, uh, you know, I'm very thankful, but I'd say, uh, I'll talk about two factors. Um, there are common business situations uh, that I could step in to help uh, family businesses, but then also just there's an organizational view too. So I'll start with a, a few common business situations. You know, uh, I, I think I alluded to it very quickly in a different capacity, but um, 
helping them with long-term planning, you know, on the strategic side. Uh, some, sometimes you get so stuck in the daily operating rhythms that you're not thinking enough ahead for the company. What's next? So really helping them to develop that a formal strategic plan. Um, it would be one, one example. Um, helping them on the flip side, helping them with more tactical needs, you know, internal disruptions across process, operations, governance, P&L drivers, revenue costs, um, you know, capital management, resource management. Uh, a third area would be external catalysts that are coming into play, and it could be industry, market, regulatory. Um, a fourth example would be, and we just talked about it, but an executive or the major patriarch retiring, mm-hmm. helping them proactively think this is the current state of the business. Um, this is these are this is our current competitive positioning, and these are the evolving markets around the company. So trying to do that proactively so that they can actually to help them with their decision making, saying, you know, it doesn't make sense for um, this particular cousin to take the role, given the current situation of the company, or should we bring in an outside leader or should we sell? Because sometimes they try to make those decisions without having a fully structured analysis of the current state of the business. And that can really be tricky. Um, you know, I'd send then uh, a new leader coming in. So whether it be the next generation within the family or an outside leader, helping them to get that current view of the company, a current, I, I call it a state of state of the union review, mm-hmm. um, really looking at those internal capabilities, the competitive positioning, the evolving marketing to see, okay, this is how we best navigate the company forward. And then just quickly on, you know, from an organizational view, you know, leaders may not have the time or the resource, the time within the company to right. be able to do this type of the, a management or an assessment that they need done. Um, they may want a third-party expert view to help them kind of see what, what they don't, um, which, which can be critical. Or, you know, they may not have the tools to be able to kind of go through those types of assessments. And it's, uh, you know, when family dynamics come into play too, it's, Sometimes it does help to have that third-party view of, you know, so that it can help them get on the same page of moving the company forward because it's that, you know, that definitely comes into play, misalignment of interests and wants and understanding of kind of what should be done. That, that, that can be challenging. Sure. Um, so lots of uh, consulting firms out there that uh, yeah. many uh, claim to do what you do. Uh, how, what is your differentiator, Greg? I yeah. mean, what, what do you bring to the table there that sets you apart? I, I think ultimately the best way to describe that is that uh, I have a value prop- proposition that is, is fairly unique. I, uh, I have a price point that I think for the value is a, is quite good. I have access to information that larger is typically reserved for larger firms and deep industry insights, data, competitive data, so that I could jump into a company and really show them those financials. Um, the platform that I have available for my engagements, it's 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 very advanced and it helps to efficiently um, work with clients in the full capacity and in this new remote age we're in too, and mm-hmm. just in the of information. Uh, 
they get direct access to the partners within our firm, you know, those senior level resources, their day-to-day engagement managers. And the last piece I would highlight is the, um, we really work on tailored solutions. We step into every situation and thinking about the client's needs and design a tailored approach instead of trying to fit them into possibly our model. See, how can, how can your situation fit into our, our model? So I'd say those are, that's really the value proposition uh, at this point. So. Yeah. Um, terrific. Uh, so what, what, um, how does it work, uh, Greg? I mean, I, I call you up and say, I've got problems. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even sure what what they all are, Greg. But I need I need help. How does that conversation unfold uh, with with a potential client? I'm a big fan of the Socratic method, and it's really a question based understanding of their needs. You know, I, I spend a lot of time listening off the bat, and I think that's important because you know you don't want it's dangerous when you come out of the gate trying to prescribe what people's issues possibly are without understanding their unique situation. So I try to be very thoughtful, just listening mode, understand, you know, I ask prodding questions too, to try to get under the covers a little bit into kind of things that they may not even be thinking about initially saying, oh yeah, one of those, one of those, oh yeah, moments, one of, yeah, maybe this is a consideration. Mm. Um, and so it's fun for me. I love having those discussions and it's, it's really just a, a feed in conversation. You know, initially it's just a, Hey, let's get to know each other, you know, do you have a need? Is there a fit? And that, that's really the initial conversation. And if, if we want to take it to that next level of, you know, my giving them really a, a full interview of understanding their needs, um, we then take it to that kind of second level and we go from there. It's a, I'll put together a proposal to kind of based on their need and kind of refine it as needed, but uh, it's fun. You know, I love working with different industries, um, different situations across the spectrum that it's, it's fun. You know, I consider it 360 degree problem solving. So. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, you know, I would love it if it's appropriate, um, for you to maybe talk about a success story, something that you, you know, engagement you've worked on that you're particularly proud of. Um, and obviously you don't have to use names, uh, but if you could share, just maybe give an example of what working with Greg looks like. Um, I would say an example of helping a company with their operating model, um, you know, ultimately just helping them to better position the organization for sustainability and to move the company forward, Mm -hmm. um, you know, is a spotlight thus far, you know, I'm very happy with uh, my level of client engagements out of the gate, um, you know, having a young company, a couple of their fun irons in the fire, but you know, that's, I'd say that that's a spotlight for me and it's, it's fun. It's a, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It's interesting that you pick out that example because, um, that's probably not where a lot of companies go when they think about, Oh, what are the things I need to fix? I mean, cause that's a big strategic issue. And sometimes they're, down in the little tactics that they need to do a little bit here and a little bit there different, but you're talking about something that's uh, uh, like the, the spine of the company, really. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it, it certainly is. And it's 
often overlooked. Mm -hmm. And I, I bucket it in kind of the same level of importance as organizational health. Mm -hmm. You know, your organizational health, you're really starting to get into the psychology of things. This, as you say, it's really the backbone of the company that will, in particular, if you want to sustain a company or effectively grow it, it will allow you to find those synergies, those, you know, structural complementary fits of your operating rhythms to move the company forward. And without that in place, it's very hard to successfully manage a company for the longer term. And it's harder for people to come in and to kind of actually be successful in their roles unless you have the operating structure correctly aligned within a company. So there are many reasons why that's, I'd say, just a good example of how we can help companies because it, it's critical and it's often overlooked. Tremendous work here, folks, from uh, Greg Romero. Greg is the founder and principal of Romero Solutions Group. Greg, this has been awesome. Um, I can't imagine that there aren't some folks here having heard this interview that don't want to be in touch. So let's uh, answer the question they're asking, which is how they can get in touch with you if they'd like to learn more. Yeah, thanks, John. It would be a pleasure. Just have, you know, initial conversation. If you have just a question or two, I'd be happy to hop, hop on a phone and just casually chat, give you perspective and advice, uh, or to kind of just have a deeper conversation. But the best way to get in touch with me, just I, I think it's, you know, especially in our business, you want to have that personal touch. So I'll, I'll give my email and my uh, phone number as well. So by email, it's just greg at romerosolutionsgroup.com. And uh, my direct phone line is uh, 978-883-3522. Greg Romero, folks, Romero Solutions Group. Greg, great work. We appreciate you and the work you do with family businesses. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, thanks, John. And it's, you know, it's a pleasure being with you and your audience. And you know, I, I have a lot of respect for the consulting work you do outside of uh, the studio as well. So thank you for having me. Thank you. Hey, folks, just a uh, quick reminder that uh, we would love it if you would share the show. <laughs> uh, it's not about me or Business Radio X. It's about a great guest that like Greg. They do great work. and We want them to be found, uh, celebrated, and hired by people that need their services. So if you like the show, uh, go subscribe. Business Leaders Radio is the search term on all your favorite podcast apps, or uh, you can uh just share the show with someone that you think may need to hear what we've just been talking about with Greg. So for my guest, Greg Romero, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on Business Leaders Radio.